What the Tech Africa podcast powered by Africa Tech Radio. This is What the Tech Africa brought to you by Africa Tech Radio. I am Jessica Fortunes, driving conversations around tech in Africa. Every day, it feels like another groundbreaking invention or technology has been released in the world. But how did we get here? On today's episode of the podcast, we'll be discussing the evolution of technology. We will go through some of the influential devices and concepts that have led us here and how they have impacted Africa. To have this conversation with me is an experienced engineer with 12 years experience that has spanned across chemical and process engineering. I'm talking about no one else but Imabom Akpan. Hello, Imabom. Hi, good afternoon. Hi, thank you very much for joining me today. Welcome. Okay. Good to be here. Yeah. So let's start off with what do you do and how do you use technology in your everyday life? Okay. Um, thanks so much and thanks for having me. So in my, what do I do? Um, you've already mentioned in my bio, I'm a chemical engineer and um, in the industry, which is primarily um, kind of traditional so I have to work with um, a couple of people, like other engineers, to make sure that uh, we get the oil right from the reservoir straight up to the exports, where we actually earn revenue as a country and also as a company. So that is the typical value chain with what I do. But in my every life um, using tech, um, I know for us as an individual, which you can um, kind of agree to that, phone is almost something that we can't do without. So right from sleeping up to waking up, um, actually using technology, I mean, I need the right temperature to sleep. If it's cold, I need to use um, heater as opposed to using firewood. Um, if it's hot, I need to use the AC just to make sure I get that right um, temperature. Um, then even my food, these days, uh, I mean, I have the luxury of ordering in lunch. Um, if I don't have the time to cook. And also, going back to my work environment, I've been out of work from physical office for the, um, let's say, year, year and over, um, six months now, I've been working virtually. So that is technology, and it hasn't changed the way I've worked. I still have my meetings, although it's virtual. I still hang out virtually with my friends, using a lot of um technology, which is the IT tools, Webex, blue jeans, and also even with my work or my work environment, I kind of use a lot of analytics, Power BI for analytics, I use my phone for financial services, I use my phone to watch entertainment. So there's a whole lot, even as much as healthcare. Mm. I don't have to travel because of the COVID restriction. I consult with my doctor in the US. I'm back here in Nigeria. So that's a whole lot of technology in my everyday life. I love how you've been able to, you know, emphasize that technology is literally everywhere around us. I mean, from food to health to telephone, communication. We basically use technology every day. So in your own words, what would you say technology is if you're asked to define it? So I would say technology is just about transforming the way we used to do things before into how we are doing things now in a better way. It's just application of the know-how, doing things in a better way because some of those things that we are doing now, I mean, it was there, it was in existence, 
but it just wasn't doing, we're just not doing it the way we used to do. So technology to me is doing things now differently with the existing things that we used to do initially. Mm. Nicely said, because I'm going to go back to like some years ago, I was reading about, you know, technology and, you know, it goes back to the fact that many years ago, you know, Technology was as simple as striking two stones to make fire. I mean, when you go back to how technology came to be, you know, bringing two stones together, putting them together and realizing that, oh, we could get fire out of this. And, you know, it has evolved to what it is right now into so many big things to telephones, you know, the bulb we use and all of that. So what do you think was the primary reason or reasons why there's been such a big shift in how we use technology or in technology right now? Um, I think um, as humans, uh, we are kind of insatiable um, given the kind of um, how we're just essentially created. So we are always um, conscious, always in pursuit of the next thing to do. So, and that was able, um, is, that is the pivot of why there's a shift um, in the technology space. So going back to, I, um, I mean, like a decade ago or thereabouts, there were a lot of um, manual labor that was associated with the basic things that we used to do. Decades ago, if I have to bring it back home to my environment, like in my, in my career, in my profession, um, for engineering, I can um, recall how drilling was even done in the first instance. So um, uh, they, for the drilling, they used um, something we call a um, nodding donkey to drill oil. And to drill a well, it would take you several months to drill and complete a well. And this has to do with a lot of manpower. When I say manpower, I mean men with physical strength. So, but right now, yeah, I mean, evolving to present day, um, all of that has been scaled down. So we now have drill ships that we don't even need. Everything is intelligent. We have intelligent well completions. We are using the ROV, that is the remote operating vehicles for subsea inspection. Uh, then we're using, and also we are using that for uh, monitoring of uh, what we call umbilicals, which is like subsea. Um, then we are also doing remote well monitoring. That is just within my industry. But out there in other industries, uh, we have your telecommunication. I, I recall um, gathering around my senior uh, cousins uh, where they have to use the analog phone lines. Uh, you have to dial and then you wait for the dial tone before you can connect and speak. That is in the communication. Uh, we've moved that, I think, in my secondary, in my university days, uh, we used a uh, night dial with phone cards. But right now, I don't think all of that has been phased out. And um, also, decades ago in the tram, for the transportation industry, uh, there was something we called uh, yellow pages. Uh, and that had to do with addresses. So you have you had a manual that you have to flip through, look at addresses for industries, for um, shops, and all of that. And that was pretty much manually done. Um, then in the banking sector, you had to physically go into the bank before you can transact. And for healthcare, you have to be physically present in the hospital for diagnosis, even as simple as maybe headache or fever. And so all of that, even for entertainment, let's look at entertainment, for instance. <laughs> we had like very few radio and network stations with limited time by 11.30, 12 o'clock. That has been shut down. So what do you do? But right now, what is happening 
within the space of technology, all that have changed. So we now have 24 hours connectivity for entertainment. We now have healthcare, artificial intelligence that can detect ailments. We have robotics that can actually perform surgeries and we have cloud computing for industries. So all of that is, is, is what we are experiencing now. And in my own view, I think the future is today. They used to say future is tomorrow, but in this technology space, the future is now, is today. We are actually living it. I agree with you. I certainly agree with you. I remember growing up and we used to have this big landline at home where when he calls, everybody in the house goes to check who, you know, who the call is for because everybody was using that landline. But right now, everybody has a phone and you can basically go anywhere with your phone and pick your calls, even through banking. I can't remember the last time I went to went into a banking hall because I have my app on my phone and I could basically just go around making transactions, sending money from here to anywhere in the world and be so seamless all thanks to technology so let's bring this back home let's bring this back to africa nigeria how do you think technology and the growth and evolving of technology has affected the country has affected the continent how do you think it has impacted us yeah for 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 nigeria i um or okay if we even have to start with africa as a um as a whole i would say Technology has not only impacted Africa in a variety of ways, which uh, we'll talk about later, but it has actually created digital talent and culture that has emerged from Africa. And we are not just watchers, we are not just bystanders, we are actually sitting on the table right now with other, um, with other countries, where well, I mean other developed countries. I, I don't like saying Nigeria is a, a developing country, but I, I mean, as a Nigerian, I, <laughs> I want to put myself out there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, how has tech impacted Nigeria? Back to your question. So I, uh, while I, when we talked about the intro, I had mentioned um, some, some areas, and I'm just going to maybe talk about it or expand it. For healthcare in Nigeria, I, I see there's a big push in that, in that area. Um, so currently we have a couple of um, startups, some um, that are already functioning, already playing in that field, in that healthcare technology. Um, there's a, an example, and LifeBank. Yeah. Um, LifeBank is an yeah is an health tech company that um, is closing or let's say is reaching a gap in healthcare. Uh, we understand the challenges some Nigerian hospitals have uh, in terms of infrastructure. So um, a company like LifeCare have actually come in to bridge that gap by providing blood banks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in doing that, and that can they guarantee like um, a secure supply, and that is saving lives. So, still in the healthcare space, we are we have a couple of apps, but uh, one of the ones that is kind of really close to my heart um, because of the devastating effects is the fake drug detector. Um, so, this is an app that is used to detect fake drugs, mm-hmm. and it kind of, it, I mean, reading about it, it, it won um, an award. I mean, it's, it was developed by a group of Nigerian girls in Silicon Valley and it actually won an award. So this is an app that helps to detect fake drugs and we know the impact of fake drugs yeah. and how is how rampant it is in Nigeria. I mean, the Nigerian government uh, is doing a whole lot to curb that um, menace, but um, an app like this actually is something that is quite useful within that space. So all this innovation within the health sector 
are actually solving real life issues. Yeah. And guess what? They're also making money at the same time. Hmm. Uh, when I looked up Life Bank, uh, Life Bank have about uh, I think 160 hospitals, and they have over 90,000 um, dollars in revenue. So they're making money and they're solving real life issues. Here in Nigeria, we are not even speaking about um, other countries. Yeah. And for the banking sector, I, I mean, is 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 we can't even equate to what is happening. Uh, we have the USSD, mm-hmm. uh, so there's a lot of disruption with the fintech. Fintech has disrupted the traditional brick and mortar banks. I talked earlier that you have to go into the banking hall to carry out transactions. So we have um, a few like you have your Flutter web that is. Uh, the valued over a billion dollars now. We have Paystar that is out there representing Nigerians. And also even within the banking industry, um, I found out that a lot of Nigerian banks and most switching companies have replaced their fraud monitoring units by software. Mm. So that is bringing technology into the banking industry that can help kind of proactively detect fraud. So um, all the cases that we hear about um, 419 and people trying to scam you, yeah. it hasn't completely gone away. But within the banking industry and with the application of uh, technology, that has reduced by you know replacing um, humans with technology that you know that will help drive those things to the barest minimum. Yeah. And um, uh, if, yeah, if you look at our uh, uh, E-commerce, uh, I mean, uh, I would say they say cash is king. So e-commerce is king now in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we look at the information. Information is an asset. What you know can determine your status in life. You can be the next big girl out there or the next big boy or the next billionaire just by the information you know. And there are a lot of apps that is feeding into that space because of consumer behavior. And consumer behaviors are dynamic. What I want today it's not necessarily what I would desire tomorrow. So it keeps changing. And um, looking at statistics, uh, um, as at May, when I looked at some statistics, I looked up some statistics online. As at uh, May 2020, we had about 141 active internet users in Nigeria compared to about 122. That is like a 30 million growth. And we have um, about a penetration rate of 47 compared to the population. So what that tells us is, we haven't even started in terms of e-commerce in Nigeria. There's a lot of opportunities. The Instagram that um, a lot of um, startups, a lot of um, uh, entrepreneurs are latching onto. There's a whole lot of opportunities in that space. So we just have to brace up. We just have to have the right skills to make sure that we use those things, those tools that are available to us. Um, I mean, if you look at the social impact. Yeah, I'll bring into for the government and the end power. I don't know. I'm sure you. We are all aware of that because it's out there. Yeah. It's kind of an ecosystem here of financial services, and it's being run by using artificial intelligence and big data. And this has enabled the government to, you know, run that program seamlessly, and has provided opportunities and solutions to over about um, 500,000 plus youths to acquire lifelong skills and become change makers in their opportunities. So even some of those um, 500 plus youths, they will end up being startups. They will end up being entrepreneurs. So the chain 
I mean, it's a cascading effect. The chain keeps growing. If you look at tourism in Nigeria, I mean, back in those days, we used to have a, 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 what they call them, a, a ticketing travel agencies. I'm not discounting that's still relevant, but right now, traveling is as easy as go online, book your ticket, book your hotel, check in, show up at the airport, board the plane, and you fly. Is that is that seamless? And the good thing is, it's available to everybody. It's not just to a demographic. This is open and available to everybody within Nigeria. And it, I mean, going back to my space, which is the oil and gas industry. I mean, it is it's been in the news uh, that um, France and United Kingdom will stop manufacturing cars that run on fossil fuel. When I say fossil fuel, that is our local uh, petrol and all of that. A couple of years ago, uh, you can before you travel, you have to physically go to the to the station, either a train station or the airport, and uh, you queue uh, before you purchase your ticket. But now within the Nigerian space, travel is as simple as you sit on your computer or your your smartphone, or you go online, buy your ticket select your hotels, pay for them, check in, both in the, uh, the airline and the, in the hotel, you can do all that checking online. And then you show up at the airport, all you need to do is just finish your boarding process and then you board and fly. It's as, yeah, you're good to go. It's as seamless as that. So all, all that thing that we used to do, the manual stuff we used to do, is completely off. And then, uh, um, if I bring that back also to um, the oil and gas industry, um, it's been in the news. It's not. It's, I mean, it's been in the news for a while that over time, in the new, in the next couple of years, um, cars that are driven on fossil fuel. When I say fossil fuel, that is our traditional petrol. Um, France and UK they are looking at. They have to stop manufacturing. I mean, it's almost like a law in their country that by 2040 they will stop manufacturing cars that run on fossil fuel. And what that means is that tells most oil and gas companies are now investing in low-carbon green projects. And that's an opportunity within the Nigerian space. So for the startups, for the entrepreneurs, they have to start thinking how can they make things happen? How can they play in that field? How can they handle that opportunity within that environment? Because guess what? Uh, it will trickle down to us here. I mean, is there, if UK and France and other countries are taking that bold step, we know how because of technology we have international trade, yeah. we have international transition. So it will definitely come to the Nigerian space. So that's an opportunity for the fintechs, for the startups, True. for the entrepreneurs to play and start thinking how they can harness such opportunity. Wow. You know that yeah, wow, you have basically just given anyone listening right now an opportunity or like an insight into something. Guys, there is something here and you can basically be the one to bring it down here. But then it is often said that whatever has an advantage has a disadvantage. So I want to believe that there's also been some challenges that we have faced as a country, as a continent, as a result of the rise of technology, because without a doubt, technology and the way it is rising is going like, it's going so fast and tomorrow something new is going to come up. 
But so what are the challenges or the disadvantages that this brings for Africa? Okay, so um, first thing, I'll, I'll, I'll look at what we are currently um, facing as a country in, in Nigeria. So um, infrastructure is still a major problem because um, most of the technology or almost all of it rides on infrastructure. And when I say infrastructure, it goes back to our telecommunication, which is data, is how accessible is data to every Nigerian out there. I can afford it, you can afford it, but how about my cousins or my nephews or relatives back there in the remote area? How available are these resources to them? So if that infrastructure is not there, it's, it's gonna be an ongoing challenge. Because um, if you look at how, uh, and for other things, majorly, for us to grow tech in Nigeria, we have to start looking at globalization. And that is just reaching out, reaching out to the world, being at the center. So the major problem I, I, I see or the or, or roadblock or an opportunity for improvement is data accessibility. We have to solve that problem. We can't run away from it. They have to be infrastructure. And also infrastructure, I'm also looking at power. What use is my phone if I don't have power in my house to, to charge it, to make it functional? Mm. It's of no use. I mean, what use is the laptop that I have? What use is the apps when I don't have power to make sure that it's all functional? So uh, for me, those are, the, those, are the, those are the major things that, um, that we have to focus on. And another thing is... Um, misinformation and disinformation within the social media space. Mm. So, I mean, we are exposed to a whole lot. With, with technology comes globalization, yeah. which is having a, there's no boundary mm. within Nigeria and the U.S. and Ukraine, Yugoslavia, whichever country. That physical um, technology has broken down that physical barrier so we are really really connected and with this and because we are everybody has access to it so we are exposed to a lot of misinformation what we need to do is to just take a step back and say what are we consuming what are we putting out there and this can be done through just acknowledging the fact that is um, we need to control what we put in the social media space and try to see make sure that it's not affecting, it's not impacting negatively. So those are the kind of things either by structure or just by, you know, making sure that the awareness and the campaign of the dangers of misinformation are using social media or whatever form of technolo technology is, is out there. So that is, that's, that's one of the major, that's one of the major mm -hmm. challenge also. Yeah, and also looking at them um, in terms of um, education and talent. So I, I know um, within the Nigerian space, we Nigerians we love we love titles, we love degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Engineer, doctor, professor, um, Imabong, and then um, I've backed one, two, three, four degrees. But uh, we need also to step away. Let's not be so fixated in the degrees that people have, but rather let's see what are those skill sets that an individual has instead of just academic qualification. So let's, let's not have that mindset that if anybody who doesn't have five, six, seven degrees cannot function 
or cannot add to developments in the Nigerian space using technology. Anyone with skill set that is adaptable can play. Mm. So let's have let's have that focus and let's give everybody opportunity, not just those that we think uh, are ten times qualified because they have seven degrees. So mm. those are some of the some of them are tangible, some of them are intangible. So but is 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 um it's something that is out there that we have to acknowledge that in as much as the technology is working and it's impacting Nigeria and Africa, these are also challenges that could slow down the pace at which we should advance. Mm. When you mentioned social media there, it brought me back to the Nigerian government trying to regulate social media. This is a bit off, but I'd like to ask you, what do you think about that? Are you saying, yeah, they should go ahead to help in, you know, with this challenge you just mentioned? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that is, um, I'm not for the year, I'm not for the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just at the, I'm, I'm in a position where things have to be done right. Mm. Yeah, so, um, a bit of, um, a bit of to the left or to the right, we all know it has its own advantage and disadvantage. But what I would love to see in Nigeria, the country that I love so much, is to have the freedom to um, use technology to enhance my life, mm. use technology to enhance the life of my neighbor, um, use technology to enhance the population, the, 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 the Nigerian structure as a whole. So and and with this, I, I I mean we have to understand that yeah that there could be a little bit of um, things falling off the boundaries, but we should rather focus on how can we use the tool, how can we use technology to enhance Nigeria as a country and build Nigeria so that um, we are not just um, playing catch up. Mm-hmm. People, other countries are also playing catch up with Nigeria because of this the space that we have to advance. Yeah. And I was going to ask you to say like your final words on this, but right now you basically, you've been able to sum it all up and it makes absolute sense. And so I'm just going to say thank you very much for coming on the show today. It's been amazing talking to you. It's been an interested and insightful conversation around technology in Africa. And I'm sure that anyone who's listening right now must agree with me that technology has indeed evolved and Imabom has done a great job of telling us how the challenges and ways in which we can covet or use technology better. So, as always, I am Jessica Fortunes. You can always join the conversation by sending in your reactions and comments via WhatsApp to 0913-5581-766 or through this email, podcast at africatechradio.com. Thank you very much again, Ima Bomb. What the Tech Africa, an Africa Tech Radio podcast.